morning, good evening, and good afternoon to all of our wrestlers, parents, and coaches. This is Coach McClay with Ohio Northern University bringing you our podcast series dedicated to helping anyone and everyone with their college and wrestling experiences. Today I am here with Logan Painter, and we'll start right as I push record. I'm here with Logan Painter. Hi, I'm Logan. <laughs> so, <laughs> hi Logan. <laughs> Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? What's uh, your major? I'm a mechanical engineering major. I'm a sophomore from Marysville, Ohio, PTBM. Awesome. Shout out. Mm-hmm. What do you plan to do with mechanical engineering? Um, I'm from Marysville, and in case you didn't know, one of the biggest Honda plants in like the eastern United States is in Marysville. And I have a lot of mentors from Marysville that work there. So it's kind of been, the stars have kind of aligned that... I'm studying mechanical engineering, and it really helps that there's somewhere that I know I could get a job probably mm-hmm. pretty easily. Somewhere you could fall back on mm-hmm. for sure. So you plan on going to Marysville, or do you want to like travel the country, go somewhere else? So I think I'd, I'd like to settle down in Marysville. It's a nice like small community, like 20,000 people, mm-hmm. and people there genuinely seem to enjoy talking to each other and helping out. But I'd also like to travel a lot, too. Like, All right. What, whether that's with my job or just in general. So, this is the very first episode that we are legally allowed to talk about wrestling and wrestling-related things per NCAA regulations. So, for those of you who are not interested in wrestling, I'm sorry, this is probably going to be a mostly wrestling podcast. So, with that being said, let's start out with like one of my favorite questions. How would your life be different if you didn't wrestle? If I didn't wrestle, I'd probably, probably be playing football against my mother's best wishes (laughs) or probably doing some contact sport right but i don't know it's been a part of my life i think i've been wrestling for over half my life at this point and i really don't know what i'd be doing without wrestling because it's just such a big part that's a fair answer i don't know where i'd be without wrestling to be honest probably be a lot fatter for sure (laughs) not 125 anymore so you chose wrestling over football uh, actually, or your mom no. chose wrestling over football. Yeah, so I think it was my sophomore year in high school. I had moved to a new high school my, the summer between my eighth grade and freshman year. Mm-hmm. And I had already done band a lot. And I did marching band my freshman year. I had a good time. And I also did wrestling. And my sophomore year in high school, the football coach who had a son on the wrestling team came up to me at one of the tournaments and was like, Hey man, you should really try out football. Mm-hmm. We all heard that you're, one. Yeah, you're a big kid. Like I like the way that you wrestle and how aggressive you are. You should try out football. And probably the next two years in high school, I said, "Mom, come on, let me let me try out football this one year. At least go to like some of the practices." She mm-hmm. was like, "No, I already have enough stress watching you wrestle. I don't need you going out and just running into people." Right, football. full force. Shout out to mom for keeping them safe. Yeah. We like them on the wrestling team anyways. But you said you're aggressive, so can you describe your style for me? Um, this is going to sound really bad. That's fine, let's hear it. Aggressive stalling. Aggressive <laughs> stalling, in your face but not doing nothing. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> I think the reason for the style that I have is till my junior in high school, I pretty much wrestled blind. I, I wear glasses, and without them, I'm, I'm basically blind. So my junior year in high school, I decided, hey, I want to get contacts to wrestle so mm-hmm. I can wrestle better. Junior year, 
my coaches are like, this isn't even the same kid I see wrestling because I'm taking shots. I'm getting takedowns. I think my freshman and sophomore year combined, I probably had maybe 40 or 50 takedowns. Mm-hmm. And then my junior year, I think I started getting at like 60 just that year. I think that's a big part of it. And then last year, bumping up to heavyweight from 197. Yeah, that's a huge transition. You're like, coach is like, just don't get underneath them. Because if you get underneath them, I don't know if you're getting back up. So <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of faking, a lot of moving them around because they were a lot bigger than me. But mm-hmm. um, mostly a top and bottom guy. You ride legs, don't you? I do. One of the few heavyweights that I've ever seen really ride legs. Yeah, it's very unusual. Mm-hmm. Especially with like how proportioned my body is. I got pretty short legs compared to everything else. Yeah, but there's a lot of power behind them. Yeah, but if I get a leg in, you're you're probably turning. Yeah, right? <laughs> you're turning or something's breaking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I seen you squat. What was it the other day? Uh, you squat? Five, 505. Yeah, four, that was an amazing amount. And then you did the leg press where I was sitting on top yeah. of it. I think that was like a thousand pounds cumulatively or something like that. Yeah, with me on top. And the, then I, I paused in the middle of the rep to change the depth of the stoppers because they were too high. That was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so as a sophomore, you've got a good taste for like what a practice room is like in college, right? Mm-hmm. You got a good taste for what like college wrestling is like as compared to high school wrestling. Now, what would you say is the biggest difference from like a high school level to a college level wrestling career? Just in the practice room alone, there really aren't any slouches in college. Right. If you're in the practice room, you, you want to be there, and you're going to try to beat the absolute crap out of other people that are there. And unlike in high school where you have those kids that are trying out like their first year and they're like a junior or senior in high school, they don't really know how to move or anything. But in college, that's, that's completely out the window. There's no one who's just trying out wrestling for the first time. Yes, 100%. Everyone in college who's a wrestler earned that right to wrestle in college. There's no one just kind of trying out and see how how it fits them. They're not there because like, their friends wrestle and they want to be a part of the squad. You don't have that anymore. Everyone knows what they're doing. Some better than others, but everyone knows how to wrestle. So I agree with you. And plus, on top of that, as a college wrestler, everyone has that inner drive that want to be better versus just I'm here for the experience now what would be your favorite coaching style um i'm not i'm not really big on like in the corner just like yelling at people sometimes in big situations yeah the arena's loud you need to yell for me to hear you but if there's like a blood time on the other guy i don't need you coming up and yelling at me saying that i missed a shot 15 seconds into the match where i could have taken him down it's more of, all right, so I messed up here. I You, like, tell me how, like, I missed the feel of it. But I'm more of, I guess I'm more of an analytical guy. So mm-hmm. telling me, like, those exact moments, like, where I missed something. And I think it's seen a lot in the practice room, too. Like, I'll take time to, like, process, like, what we're doing. Like, I'll take one shot and be like, wow, that really, that really stunk. Mm-hmm. So... It's coming down to like the small details because very, like I'm very into the details of it. So you almost want like a teacher approach. Yeah. Where it's like a broken down, maybe not on a chalkboard, but like an imaginary chalkboard in your head. Yeah. 
where it's like, all right, so you got through the problem so far, but at this step is where you messed up. Yeah. Let's try to switch up to A and a B, you know, long divide or something, and it will <laughs> fix it later. So you prefer that versus like a drill sergeant just telling you, go, 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 go. You want yeah. analytics versus emotion. I mean, I'm perfectly fine getting hyped up too. That mm -hmm. Hyping me up is always a good time, especially last year when I was when I'd walk out to the mat and look like a little kid against most of the guys that I wrestled. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm really I'm more of a feel guy. So if you like, if you tell me how I should be feeling and stuff, like that's probably what I'm gonna go with. If you tell me, damn, you're your opponent's a three-time national qualifier, number one ranked kid in the country. That that's probably going to get in my head a little bit, but right. If any coach says that, then he's doing something <laughs> wrong because that's yeah. only going to make someone nervous. Mm -hmm. I feel like you have to beat the person every way, or either way. So I never was one to like look at the bracket. I didn't care. I was like, I got to wrestle him. If I know who he is, it's only going to make me nervous. So just tell me what I got to do to win. No, that that was my thing too. Like in high school, mm -hmm. I I was always a bracket watcher. I'd, I'd pound and just like watch the bracket the entire tournament being like alright this guy has a record of 36 and 12 mm -hmm. and I'm wrestling him and I have a record of 24 and 6 so I think he's wrestled more matches but I, I wrestle harder tournaments and stuff like that but at this point I'm like I'll, I'll wrestle whoever mm -hmm. that's a good attitude to have because like at the end of the day you're only going to make yourself nervous mm -hmm. looking at the bracket does nothing but bad things it cannot help you in my opinion what do I know, right? <laughs> but you didn't do too bad yourself last year. How'd you finish? Uh, I finished seventh at regionals mm -hmm. at 285. So, as a freshman, as a freshman, I've I've had a pretty successful wrestling career in general, and then I basically came to college and got punched in the mouth. Yes, <laughs> yes. So that's the questions I'm looking forward to the most. Is kind of your freshman year that punch in the face is not unique. What I've seen in my experience is like you'll have every freshman as a senior in high school, they'll be, you know, top dog in the room. You know, they're taking down everyone. They are the man on the mat. But when you come to college, you kind of have to like you reset. You jump back down to the bottom of the totem pole. Now, a lot of wrestlers aren't used to being the one who gets beat up on. They can't see the value in having partners who can push you past what you're used to being pushed. So I see a lot of wrestlers their freshman year just break. They're not used to that level of kickness. I mean, it wasn't really that for me because I had a pretty good drill partner in high school. Mm -hmm. He was a two-time state qualifier, one-time placer, so he was pretty. He was pretty good, and he was our two twenty-pounder in high school. Mm -hmm. And shout out to you, Ethan. Shout but, out, Ethan. Whoop whoop. Um, Unfortunately, he goes to Heidelberg now, so oh, I take that shout out back. Talk, we won't talk about him. But, <laughs> um, he he was pretty good in high school, and we'd have goes where we'd probably be ready to punch each other in the face because mm -hmm. neither one of us wanted to lose. Yeah, losing stinks. It never gets better, but you learn so much more from a loss. Yeah, I think it's easier to grow from a loss than it is from a win, and I think winning more often actually leads you into a false security. Kind of something I've seen a lot is like, have you ever seen a semi-slide? Mm -hmm. Where like a wrestler will win every match up into the semi-final round. They'll lose that match and just tank it the rest of the tournament. Go, like they'll finish usually 7th and 8th. 
and then they usually destroy the kid in seventh and eighth place yeah. just to prove that they weren't supposed to be there. Like it matters at that point. But I almost think it's better if you come in with a mindset like a loss is a loss. I'll learn from it either way. Mm-hmm. Versus coming in with a mindset like I have to win because you can't really grow if you're so you're trying to mm-hmm. avoid losing so much that it almost is counterintuitive when it happens. But. No, like um, Coach Beachler talked to us about it last year. I think it was the week leading up to the regional tournament. And he talked about, I don't want to, I really don't want to see any of my wrestlers have a perfect record going into the national tournament. Because mm-hmm. if you have a perfect record going into the national tournament, you have everything to lose. Because you're like, I have to stay perfect. I have to win that national championship. But if you have one loss on your record you're like okay i've lost before it's not a huge deal i just mm-hmm. go out there and wrestle and i think he said that every about every wrestler that he had go to the national tournament except for like i think darren scott who had mm-hmm. a perfect record going into his national finals did he really was like the same year he won it i think so good for him the more you know but me and him are of the same mindset losing is good in small portions. Mm-hmm. It's almost like exposure therapy. If you lose more often than you win, then we're gonna have to yeah. readjust and refocus. But you're doing pretty good. As a freshman, definitely coming in as seventh place, because you would have done well at nationals if there was a nationals with coronavirus and all that. This year's wonky. Traveling for wrestling, what is that like? Um, it's a lot of long bus rides. Thankfully, we have we have a pretty nice bus that we use. Mm-hmm. So we all have like outlets in our like by our seats and stuff, but personally for me, I always try to find one of those one twenty five pounders, one thirty three pounders to sit with me because they're a lot smaller than I am. So. Right. <laughs> but it's a lot of movies that we watch on the bus, a lot, a lot of sleeping too. But it's honestly just a big camaraderie thing because. Mm-hmm. We all joke around on the bus, except when it's like one in the morning and we're driving somewhere. Yeah. But it's a lot of joking around. Like, Is that a good time that you guys kind of form that team bond? Yeah, team I'd bonding? say so. I think as a team, normally we're always pretty close just because of how Coach Beachler has built the, pro- the program and stuff. But those bus rides, I think we get it just a little bit closer. Like we get to know each other a lot better mm-hmm. on those bus rides and stuff too. What time do you guys usually leave for the buses? Um, so normally for like duels and stuff, we'll leave pretty much right at three o'clock if we have to travel somewhere. Mm-hmm. But if we have like a tri meet on a Saturday, we'll normally stay the night at a hotel at the location of the tri meet, so we don't have to wake up super early mm-hmm. and then drive there. But tournaments and stuff we normally go the day before too so a couple hour drive at 3 30 probably now do you guys miss class very often for that no i think i've missed one or two classes last year for traveling That's really good. so now what happens when you do have to miss class what do you have to do as an athlete um so coach Beachler gives us all like our like class exempt forms and we have them and we give them to all of our professors and it's a it's on us to do the work that we missed because mm-hmm. there's no one here anymore to hold your hand and make sure you do the work so it's a lot of talking with your professor the week leading up to the day that you're missing 
and a lot of making sure you know exactly what you're, what they're going to be doing in class so that you can do the homework that you missed or mm-hmm. just the classwork that you missed. So you have to schedule everything as far as makeup, yeah, as far as taking mm-hmm. tests, homework, everything is on you to like kind of plan how that's going to be completed in a timely fashion with your teacher? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, Coach Beachler will help out sometimes. I'm like, sure he does. Like if you have a really hard teacher that it's like, this is my class, this is my time, you shouldn't be missing it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Coach Beachler will normally talk to them a little bit more because he has a little bit more pull on campus than, say, a freshman in college. <laughs> <laughs> Just a tad bit more. He's only been here 30 years. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> but he normally helps out if there's a teacher that's really adamant about you being at class and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that usually isn't a problem. Yeah. I've never seen it be a problem. I mean, I know some teachers kind of get, like, agitated if you're missing a lot of classes because of a sport. But the same token, like, every school that I've been to, every school I've seen, friends, family, everything, they all have it written in their, like, student handbook that, like, if you're missing class because of a sporting event, extracurricular activity or something that's school-sponsored, it's excused and a teacher can't do anything about it. So as long as you communicate with that professor, preferably before you leave, yeah, <laughs> you should be fine. Now, they may be upset about it, but at the end of the day, they'll get over it. Mm-hmm. That's been my experience. I think honestly, I've missed more class. I missed more classes in high school because of wrestling and traveling and stuff for that than I have in college. So, I think that's a big plus. Heck yeah, it is. So, what is your pre-wrestling routine? So, after uh, we normally do a pre-like tournament work, pre-weigh and workout, just to help the guys that are close on weight get a little bit of weight off. Everyone participates in it, so you don't see the heavyweights just sitting off to the side being like, eh, 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 I, don't, I don't have to lose any weight, I can just mm-hmm. chill here. But everyone takes part in it, and then we go to weigh-ins. Then pretty much every single time I'll either have a blueberry bagel with just normal cream cheese or a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with raspberry jam. And that's, that's all I need for the first one or two matches of the day. Does it? Yeah, because I had an issue in high school where, like, leading up to after weigh-ins, I'd get really nervous and eat a lot of food, and then my first match, I'd wrestle like trash. Mm-hmm. So my senior year in high school, I really started cutting out all that extra food that I'd eat, mm-hmm. and it just came down to limiting what I would eat before the matches and stuff. Normally, I try to stick away from, like, gorging myself after a match, because unless I have lost my second match of the tournament, I'm... I still have to wrestle the rest of the day. Then after the tournament and stuff, we'll go out to eat. And, um, yeah, after the tournament, <laughs> it's a totally different I mean, beast. Yeah. I mean, this, if it's a two-day tournament and we go out to eat this, the night after the first day, I mean, it helps being a heavyweight that I can go out and have a little bit of food then. Mm-hmm. But I try not to eat just a crap ton of food during the tournaments because... No, I feel it. And at the end of the day, like, especially for the wrestlers who choose to lose more weight than they probably should... After weigh-ins, we have an hour or two, depending on the where you're competing at. But even if it's two hours, that's not enough time for your body to digest what's in your stomach mm-hmm. and use that energy for whatever you're trying to do. So if you're scourging yourself full of food, that might help for like your third match of the day. But your first two is not; it's 
not doing anything for you at all. Mm-hmm. Like we can pull up science and facts to show you like it's still in your gut and it's just slowing you down at this point. So I'm impressed that you as a heavyweight are of the same mind where you're just like, I'm going to eat lean, I'm going to eat clean, and I'm going to do me. Yeah, I pretty much like if I feel hungry, I'll have a little bit of something to eat because mm-hmm. that's all I really need. And again, tournaments are long days. And if you just gorge yourself every time that you feel hungry, you're you're gonna get slow by the end of the day just because you have so much food in your mm-hmm. stomach. That and like a lot of the tournament foods, like you said, fruit snacks, like your Gatorades, uh, granola bars, all those things have a lot of sugar in them, mm-hmm. which are sim- simple sugars are easier to digest and use, but they also give you a cotton mouth. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you realize that, but. The more you, more sugar you put in your body before a match, the dry your mouth is gonna be. Fun fact: I didn't learn that till like my senior <laughs> year. I was always like the one out there like trying to lick my lips, and it's just like sticking. Mm-hmm. That was me. Now, what's the most important attribute you think for a wrestler to have? I think willingness to learn. That is unless, huge. Unless you go out and you've never lost a match, you have four high school state titles you have four college national titles you've won a world championship you've won the olympics like there's always room for you to improve Mm -hmm. i think that's the biggest thing because you see a lot of these like high schoolers and even college wrestlers that say this is my style this is how i wrestle i'm not going to try to change it i'm not going to try to improve it because it works Mm -hmm. but it works until it doesn't yeah because you go out to like a national tournament or something or a regional tournament and you go against one of one of these guys that knows what you're going to do cuz they've scouted you and if you're a good enough wrestler they know they know what shots you're going to hit they know what mm-hmm. moves you hit on top they know how you get out from bottom so you have to have a repertoire even of stuff that you don't always use but stuff that you're confident in that you can use yes i i'm of the same mindset so like after seeing Dan Gable, in, what, in my mind, one of the best wrestlers the U.S. has ever produced, you know, per time period. But after seeing him lose his last match of his college career, I just operate under the assumption that someone out there that I don't know about has my number, and it's just a matter of time until I meet him. So I have the same mindset where, like, I'm always trying to learn something new, whether it's from, like, I've even learned stuff from you guys. I'm your coach. I'm still looking at you guys. Like, oh, that's interesting. Never thought to do that. And I've had to eat a piece of humble pie humble pie before already. Just like, yeah, you caught me. I don't have an answer for that. I, I got to rethink what I'm doing to come back at you with a different approach. And that's just that's not just us at D3, D2 level. I've seen D1 guys. I've seen a four-time national champ. I kid you not. He was in the wrestling room practicing with his partner, doing his own thing. And his partner was like just an All-American now. I'm not saying just all, you know what I mean? But, yeah. like, comparatively to a four-time national champ, like, All-American, you know, is considerably not as high. <laughs> yeah. But he was with his partner, and then they just had a break in the action, and he just sat down, like, he's on a knee, and he just looked at his partner, and he was like, how did you do that? Can you explain that to me? And he was, like, genuinely trying to learn from this kid who I wouldn't consider as good as him. And that just baffled me that, like, someone I would consider almost untouchable is sitting down with someone I would consider, you know, beatable, mm-hmm. and he's trying to learn from him. So that mindset is universal across all tiers. I've seen Jordan Burroughs, not personally, but, like, I've yeah. seen him in, like, 
some YouTube video asking questions from other star players and stuff. So like the longer you can keep that mindset of I want to learn, the better you will become. Because at the end of the day, wrestling is always evolving. You know, moves come and go. People look at film, they adapt. Things are changing. And if you want to stay stagnant, that's fine. Do you. But just understand if you're staying still and the world is moving, you're not. You're actually. You're falling behind. Yeah, you're falling behind. So always progress. Always move forward. We'll step away from wrestling just a little bit. All right. Now, a lot of freshmen coming into college, they don't understand how scheduling for classes work. So pretending I know nothing about college. Could you explain to me how do I set up classes? Like, what does that process look like? So going into your freshman year, you have an an advisor who has, like, all your your, um, transfer credits and stuff. Okay. And your first semester, they'll basically build a schedule for you. Yes. Because you don't really know. You're you're just a high school senior coming into college for the first time. Mm -hmm. Then your second semester, you meet with that same advisor and you talk about what classes you still need to take and they recommend each class that you should take and sign up for Mm -hmm. and you also you then have to figure out what times you want to take them and then you basically build a schedule for yourself and then you talk to your advisor again say this is the schedule that I'm planning on doing and your advisor will either give you the green light to go or Mm -hmm. talk to you about maybe 19 credit hours a semester is too much for you and then they'll give you like an a pin to access the register registrar's office so you Mm -hmm. can sign up for classes and then you can still build your own schedule okay so what does your schedule actually look like because in high school mm -hmm. you have a set amount of classes like, you know, you have five classes, and that's every day, Monday through Friday, from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. set. Now, is that the same in college, or is that different? Um, It's different. For me, I pretty much have Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I have a class from 9 until 1. And mm-hmm. I have four classes during that period, and I, get, I have to go to those. And I kind of planned it out that way, so I didn't really have a break in between. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have the excuse to go back to my room and take a nap or go back to my room and have a bunch of food because I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. And then Tuesday and Thursday, I have two labs on Tuesday and then a class later in the day. And then Thursday, I don't have anything. So it's all about knowing how you want to function mm-hmm. and... I encourage a bunch of freshmen and and really anyone in college to give yourself a day that you can just like take a break because mm-hmm. it's very hard when you're a freshman because they're trying to fill you up and get you to where you need to be but once you get to like a sophomore junior senior level you have to give yourself a day to have like a break or to catch up on work that you are falling behind on and that that's why I really like having Thursday just be my day that's open yeah you have no classes on Thursday that's awesome now I'm gonna just kind of elaborate on what you already said there's three kinds of classes in college there's like classes are Monday Tuesday Wednesday those are generally speaking like an hour ish long each yeah then there's classes that are two days a week 
Generally speaking, that's like Tuesday, Thursday, and those are two-hour classes. And then there's classes that are once a week. Most of the time, those are night classes, and those are three hours a week. So some Tuesday night at like 7 o'clock, you'll be there till like 9.30 yeah. at night. Now, those are the three different classes. They're a la carte, which means you can kind of pick and choose which classes you have. Each class is generally three credits long, and a normal student for full-time is going to be 12 credits in a semester. So four classes. So four classes per semester at whatever time you pick. So that just kind of explains it in a general sense. How do you schedule for me being a night owl? What would you recommend for me? So it's a little bit different being an athlete because we basically have the time from three o'clock till six o'clock blocked out and we can't take any classes during that because we have practice. Big into not taking 8 a.m.s because yes, I, I that's what I wanted to say. That's what I was trying to push you towards. waking up early. I was trying to not to load a question. Especially during the season sometimes we'll have Wednesday morning practices. Mm -hmm. So we wake up, we practice for like an hour and then we have classes the rest of the day. And last year, as a freshman, I had an 8 a.m. every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. What made you pick that? Um, it was the only time that class was available. Oh. So I had an 8 a.m. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, both semesters. Mm -hmm. And I hated it. So I'm very much a fan of setting your time back to a 9 a.m. class because it lets you get enough sleep. Because mm -hmm. even being in wrestling, like I come out of wrestling practice and I'm I'm tired already, but I need. I know I need to do my homework, and I need to work on the classes that I have coming up. And I know friends that I have, they'll stay up till 2 a.m. And I'm like, bro, I, I can't do that. No, and man, that's rough. I'll wake up, go to my 9 a.m. class, and I come into their room, and they're asleep. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, don't you have, didn't you have a 10 o'clock class? And they'd be like... Yeah, man, I'm just so tired. Like, mm -hmm. I, There's always an excuse to not go. Yeah. So sometimes, I'm not going to name names, mm -hmm. but you know them. But I'll go into their room and I'm like, man, I'm so, I was so tired today. I didn't want to go to class. So that, that's why I try to keep like my sleep schedule pretty consistent. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like what you're saying is manage your time. Yeah. That sounds like it's huge mm -hmm. because... These kids, these unnamed kids, I'm assuming the wrestlers, because that's the only people I know on campus. <laughs> these unnamed wrestlers aren't doing a good job at setting aside time where they can study, setting aside time where they can sleep, because you have to have sleep. Yeah. As annoying as it is, you have to sleep. And it sounds like you have a general idea of what you're doing throughout the entire week. I mean, I, it may be off by a little bit here and there, but like, you know, Thursday afternoon you're studying. You know, Friday, maybe not Friday. Wednesday night, you're going to sleep before 12. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm just as guilty as everyone else of, uh, well, everyone else is staying up to play, like, a video game. Mm -hmm. I'll stay up like and play with them. Mm -hmm. And then I look at my phone, and it's 2 a.m., and I'm like, wow. 2 a.m. comes quick. Yeah. I swear, from class time it moves at least a quarter of the speed as when you're playing video games yes <laughs> at 10 a, at 10 p.m you look at the clock and you're playing like warzone or like fortnite or among us whatever game you guys play nowadays at 10 o'clock at night that's like one more game away from 2 a.m yeah 
that's how it always goes. Mm -hmm. But what people don't realize is even like in high school, I'm, like me personally in high school, I was like, I can take an eight o'clock class anymore. It's not a big deal. I go to sleep at like nine. It's no problem for me. But they don't realize is like if it's not a problem for you, that's great. But your friends are going to be staying up yeah. more than likely. So you have to make the decision. Do you want to be a part of their group or do you want to be uh, on the path to success? And, you know, majority of the time you may pick the path to success. And sometimes you may pick to stay up once, you know, every blue moon. But you have to, like, realize your capabilities. You have to be honest with yourself. Am I still getting the work done that I need to be getting done? So it's not bad that you stay up occasionally at 2 yeah. in the morning, as long as your stuff's done ahead of time or you have a way to finish it afterwards. Don't put yourself in a vulnerable, vulnerable position. And the biggest thing is, like, don't put yourself in a position where you have six chapters worth of homework to do yes. in one night. Mm-hmm. Keep it realistic. Yeah. Keep it realistic. If you couldn't do one chapter, or if you can't do two chapters in a night, well, it makes you think staying up throughout the night is going to make you get six done. Yeah. I mean, I I may have put myself in that position this week, but... I, it only takes one I, time. Yeah, it only messes I, I up once. I instantly regretted it. Yeah. You get one freebie. If you keep making it up, if you keep making mistakes, then it's a habit. Now that's, yeah. that's your life. Be honest with yourself, guys. What's your biggest little tip? Um... I kind of touched on it. Just keep your sleep schedule consistent because mm -hmm. if you're staying up till two in the morning one night and then trying to go to sleep at nine o'clock the next night and then trying to go to sleep at midnight the next night, your body isn't designed to do that. Mm -hmm. It's designed to have a system. Yes. And your internal clock, when you start messing with that system, it messes up everything else in your body too. Mm -hmm. It messes up your digestive system, which can get you really uncomfortable. It messes up, like, your eating schedule. It messes up, like, just how your brain feels. So it's a lot of making sure you're staying consistent. Mm -hmm. And you may not know this, but, like, there's actual research behind uh, having a consistent sleep schedule where if you stay consistent, you'll need less sleep. So, like hypothetically if I'm someone who only needs like six seven hours of sleep if I stay consistent I could probably get it down to like five and a half before I start to actually feel groggy so if you keep it consistent you can lower that number down and don't have to sleep as much so you can get more work done mm -hmm. but if you're jumping around you know one night you stay up to two one night you go to bed at ten it kind of bounces around your body doesn't know what's happening and it takes longer for your body to kind of like fall into that deep sleep so the more consistent you are, the easier it is for your body to be ready for what's happening. So if you stay consistent enough, you won't even need an alarm clock. I think those kind of people are wild. My dad's that kind of guy where he'll wake up every morning at like 4 o'clock without an alarm. I think that's wild. I mean, I, I don't even use an alarm at this point. Like, See, I'll, right here. I'll, I'll set an alarm. Just in case. Yeah, like it's kind of a backup plan. Yeah. But like I'll have an alarm set for my 9 a.m. class. It's a last-minute resort, 8.45, an alarm. That alarm goes off, and you know you got to go. Yeah. I've been there. I have one for uh, uh, work. I have one set for, uh, I think mine's 8.45, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so at 8.45, if I'm not up and I hear, like, it's a different o'clock. My, all yeah. my alarms are actually, like, animal noises because I'll sleep through a buzzer. Yeah. I'll have a dream where it's going off, and I just won't wake up. But I'll have, like, a bear growling. If I hear a bear growl, I know, like, 
I am late and I need to go. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it always wakes me up in my dream. That's another thing. I don't know if I'm weird for that, but I found that like predator animal noises like alligators, bears, lions, those kind of roars, they get me up out of my dreams no matter how, how heavy I'm sleeping. But I could just be weird. Uh, if you come to my house and hear a bear growling, it's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was Logan Painter, everyone, and we had an amazing conversation. I'm sure I'm going to have to cut out a lot of it. We ended up talking for about an hour, and I'm trying to keep this podcast around half an hour. So we're going to have to make some cuts. We are at that point where we have a special guest. So I hope you're excited for Rachel, the wrestling team's trainer. Last time we had the head trainer who oversees all sports, but now we're going to pull on Rachel. She's fun, she's bubbly, and I'm excited to ask her a bunch of wrestling-specific questions. So tune in next week for that. So could you do me a favor and sign off Polar Bears on the Hunt? All right. Polar bears on the hunt.